Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. It's the coziest Christmas podcast this side of the North Pole. And I just want to wish you a happy Halloween, everyone. Today we have a very special Halloween episode planned where I will be interviewing Kristen Searing, and she is the host of the Holidays After Dark podcast. It's a great podcast. It explores the stories and traditions behind our favorite holidays. So I am very happy to have Kristen here with me for an interview today as we talk about one of our favorite Christmas films, A Nightmare Before Christmas. Now for a Christmas fan like me, The Nightmare Before Christmas is really a wonderful film to watch on or near Halloween because I kind of see Halloween really as the kickoff to the Christmas season. Now I'll still get the strange looks and the weird comments about how it's too soon and have to wait till after Thanksgiving and all that nonsense, but if I may tap into my sarcastic side just a little bit, it costs zero dollars to mind your own business. And, uh, but on my nicer side, I say, you know, that's fine. I still like Thanksgiving. I just work it into part of how I celebrate Christmas. For those of you who are following me uh, in my um, new blog over at thevillagecollector.com, just look at for the tab Christmas Corner. I will be writing about Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up here, uh, well, around Thanksgiving time. So keep an eye out for that. Anyway, I do have plans for the, the, the blog to have two or three posts out in November and then a few more in December, but that will depend on how life is going. Keep an ear out and follow me. sure to follow me on all my social medias so that you can be sure not to miss anything. I'm on at a Cozy Christmas Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all, all the things. So love to see you there. Well, one of the things I enjoy about Halloween is, of course, watching The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a it's a great film. The music just slaps, as the kids say. I'm going to have Kristen on. We're going to talk about The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and go and see it because we're going to talk spoilers. We're going to talk about the music. We're going to talk about our favorite parts. And not to worry, this has not become a cozy Halloween podcast. We will, of course, talk about Christmas as well. So grab yourself a cup of tea and we'll head over to the interview loft. Today on the podcast, I have a very special guest, a first time guest. Her name is Kristen Searing, and she is the host of the Holidays After Dark podcast, Um, relatively new podcast that I just started listening to a couple months ago. And I've really enjoyed it. She will um, cover all the holidays throughout the year uh, and has been focusing recently on Halloween. And I know she's looking forward to Christmas as well. Uh, And since I wanted today to be our big Halloween spooktacular episode, I thought I would call in the professional here to talk to to us about Halloween. So, uh, Kristen, welcome to the Cozy Christmas Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. I love your show, and I am excited to be on an episode to talk about my second favorite holiday, Halloween. <laughs> now, for those who have been listening to your podcast, you know they might be surprised about that because you do talk a lot about Halloween and uh, ghosts and things that go bump in the night and uh, you know all those things. But I-, I was happy to hear that Christmas still beats that out, even with your appreciation for the for the Halloween holiday. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always been a super close race between the two. And I mean, my general daily aesthetic year round definitely speaks more to Halloween. But I think the thing that I love about Christmas is because it is so special to one particular time of year. Like I find it easier to carry Halloween throughout the year than Christmas. And so when I do get those precious few months to celebrate Christmas, it just feels extra special because it's kind of a time when I branch out of the normal dark gothic type things that I'm normally into and it just you know creates that cozy <laughs> feeling <laughs> hence the name of your podcast but yeah, yeah Christmas Christmas ultimately wins for me all right well you're welcome here then um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean Halloween uh and and some who know me real well might be surprised at this but I would say Halloween's probably my second favorite time of year you know, it's hard to say with Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's just boom, 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 some great holidays. And uh, well, part of why I brought you on today is to talk about The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, a, a film that just, I don't know, it, it, it blew my mind when I first saw it and heard it. And uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, that kind of balances those two holidays that I really enjoyed. Um, before we get to all that, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little more, uh, talk a bit about your podcast and um, how that all got started. Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, my name is Kristen. Uh, my podcast is called Holidays After Dark. And basically, the reason why I got into podcasting is because I had been a longtime listener of podcasts. Um, it was always a kind of my go-to entertainment at work, for sure. I started listening to them in like 2018 and then my love for podcasts only grew from there. And I actually work in digital forensics uh, for a law enforcement agency. And what we work uh, is some pretty heavy to deal with uh, content, a lot of crimes against children, stuff like that. And so one day about a year ago, I was sitting around talking with my coworkers about how one of the ways that we could all deal with our stress that we get from our jobs is by having, you know, a mental health positive hobby. So my coworkers had long been aware of my obsession with podcasts. And I guess I was kind of known around the office for my interesting lunchtime conversation or whatever. I was always like rattling off facts about a variety of things. And so one of my coworkers was like, you know what, you should start a podcast. And so at first, I kind of just like brushed it off and was like, oh, I don't know, I listen to podcasts, but I don't know that I could actually do one. But then I went home and started thinking about it more and more. And I kind of realized like, wow, he, like he might actually be on to something like it would be a great fun mental health hobby outlet to have away from my job and just, you know, hopefully be a way to entertain people and just kind of have something to focus on besides work. So I started brainstorming and coming up with ideas and the holidays after dark concept came to me pretty quickly. Um, I knew that I wanted the podcast to somewhat be holiday related just because I've always been known among my family and friends for my obsession with all holidays. Um, so the general concept kind of came pretty easily. And then the after dark element is meant to, you know, kind of focus on the elements of holidays that maybe people don't necessarily think of right away, like true crime associated with holidays or kind of weird, strange elements that aren't just the mainstream what you see right in front of your face when you think of a holiday. 
So after a couple months of brainstorming and putting the idea together, I, you know, came, came up with the name and was ready to start recording. And so then I released my first episode on February 1st of this year and started out with Valentine's Day. So this is my first Halloween and Christmas season, and I'm super excited about it. And I'm not sure where I first found your podcast. I think it was probably through the Christmas podcast community. I remember you, you started off with uh, Valentine's Day, and that was fun. I Okay, this is going to be a blast just to, to listen to all this. So yeah, it, it's been enjoyable. And in, in spite of what the name might imply a little bit, uh, it, it's a fairly family-friendly show. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not... Uh, anything vulgar or crass or anything if if you're wondering about that but uh, you know it's yeah uh, I mean it's educational I like that you tap into history one of my favorite topics holidays are always great any any chance to celebrate you know <laughs> that's <laughs> that's fun oh yeah. yeah and it's actually funny that you say that about the after dark element because when I first <laughs> started telling you know my friends and family what it was going to be called I did get some comments of like people are going to think that's like you know, some dirty podcast. And I'm like, in a way, I wanted it to be not clickbait, but like yeah. something intriguing to click on that's going to make you think, you know, what is this about? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also did want it to be, you know, family friendly per se. I didn't want to have to check the like sensor box every time right. I upload an episode just because I know that can kind of limit your audience in some ways. Um, and I did want it to be a podcast that, you know, anyone that I knew could listen to and I wouldn't be like worried about, are they going to be offended by the content or I want it to be a podcast for all and maybe introduce, um, some people who do, you know, live more in the mainstream to the alternative elements without like completely shocking and scaring them away. Uh, and, And I guess part of what ties in with your title too, is that, uh, what surprises me is there's a lot of our holidays have some dark elements to them. And oh, yeah, (laughs) that you wonder about like, yeah, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually been pretty easy to find content because as it turns out, especially the origins going back centuries, sometimes for every holiday didn't always start out so happy and cheery the way they are today. Um, so yeah, definitely, or, you know, just the, the crimes that have happened on major holidays, just everything like that. It's, it's pretty shocking how easy it is to find like just some weird stuff that is associated with holidays. So after, you know, the, the Christmas season and everything, you'll have had about a year, um, podcast going, do you have already thoughts for year two as to what that could bring or is is that too far ahead yet? Uh, I think about it a little bit, but I think for the most part this year, I've just taken it one holiday at a time just because it is it is definitely time consuming. That's one lesson that I have learned throughout mm. the year is that if you want to put out a consistent, solid podcast, you can't just like, you know, wait until the last minute. Um, and so I've definitely developed a lot of respect for just the entire podcasting community because you really do have to dedicate a solid portion of your life <laughs> to it, especially because my episodes are fully scripted and everything. So it's, you know, the writing process, the recording. Thankfully, I have someone else do my editing, so I don't have to worry mm. about that part. Um, but yeah, it's still time consuming. And so I kind of already am thinking ahead, you know, to the one year anniversary episode, which I'm hoping to make, you know, kind of a special thing. And then as I was going through the holidays this year, if I didn't use, you know, a certain piece of content that I had found, I kind of put it in my back pocket. So 
I definitely have some general general ideas, especially for the earlier holidays in the year. But I mean, I'm hoping to just find, you know, even more obscure, interesting facts, maybe do some more movie reviews. I've done a couple um, and those are always fun episodes Um, and just kind of seeing where it takes me. I'm really looking forward to that then. You know, it's easy to think, okay, I've done a year, I'll be done. But, uh, you know, it's uh, to to keep digging in, because like you said, there's some great stories there that are waiting to be told some sad ones some heartbreaking ones some exciting ones it, it kind of runs the whole gambit oh yeah and it's it's really exciting to me now i know a couple of different podcasts that have released books kind of having to do with um their their topic i'm a big fan of deck the hallmark podcast because mm. hallmark movies are my guilty pleasure and they released a book and i know Brian Earl of Christmas Past is releasing a book. And so this is probably way down the line, but I do kind of have the pipe dream of like, maybe one day I could compile all of my, you know, strange, scary, weird facts into some sort of book or something. But like I said, that's definitely down the line, but I definitely have no plans to stop and would like to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Well, good. We'll be rooting for you out there. So <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Same <Yeah>. to you. <laughs> all right. Right. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I thinking about a, you know, doing a book or something like that. And what would that look like to reflect on my podcast and interest? Well, I have you on to talk about the nightmare before Christmas, uh, uh, a film that I think many are debating. Is it a Halloween film or a Christmas <laughs> film? Um, yeah, I, I think it kind of straddles both pretty evenly. So that's my absolutely. Thought on it. <laughs> I completely agree. To me, it's kind of an in between, and I usually find myself watching it, you know, sometime kind of between the two holidays, like either towards the end of October, or maybe somewhere even in November, or sometimes I watch it, you know, once in October and then once in December, just to kind of celebrate both sides of it. But uh, it was funny, actually, right before we started recording today, it was playing on TV, so oh. <laughs> it put me in the spirit, but I I think it is both for sure. Yeah. Now, uh, what's, what's your history with this film? When did you first see it or become aware of it? Yeah, sure. So I believe it came out in 1993, mm-hmm. so I was two, oh. <laughs> so I actually didn't know about it until I was in middle school. I had a friend whose name was was Jonathan, and I remember being at his house, and it was like his favorite movie of all time, and I had never seen it before. So I watched it with him, and then coincidentally, that Christmas when I was in eighth grade, his cat had kittens, and I didn't really grow up with a pet in the house besides like guinea pigs, fish, whatever, and so I begged my parents to get one of Jonathan's kittens And he gave me one as a Christmas Eve present because my parents allowed it. He originally told me that the kitten was a boy. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I kind of wanted to name it something like as a tribute to him because he was like one of my best friends at the time, giving me this kitten for Christmas. And so his favorite movie, Nightmare Before Christmas, I named the kitten Jack, obviously after Jack Skellington. Then we take the kitten to the vet a few weeks later and the vet says, this is actually a girl, not a boy. <laughs> um, but we were already set on the name Jack. She seemed like a Jack. So we just decided to keep it Jack, even though it was a girl. Um, so Jack was actually with us until 2020 is when she passed away. 
Um, and I mentioned her in a recent episode of my podcast about a potential ghost story <laughs> uh, interaction that I think I had with the ghost of Jack. But um, so that was really my introduction to the film. And then just kind of throughout, you know, middle school, high school, and now into adulthood, it just kind of stuck with me because of that initial connection. And it became a film that I watched every single year. I also worked at the store in the mall, Hot Topic, <laughs> if you're familiar with Hot Topic. Um, I actually worked there for six years when I was in college and graduate school. And so, you know, we sold Nightmare Before Christmas merchandise every single Halloween and Christmas season. So I was always, you know, stocking up on it. Um, I friends and family grew to know that it was one of my favorite movies. So they were always getting me merchandise. Um, and I think, you know, as a little goth teenager and now a big kind of alternative adult, it's always been nice having that one holiday movie that I feel like really always spoke to like the general aesthetic that I've always been interested in. And it kind of felt like the the movie for like the misfit toys kind of thing where, you know, it's I mean, I have great love and appreciation for all like, you know, the Rudolphs and the Frosties. And I watch all those, too. But then when I watch Nightmare Before Christmas, it just feels a little bit more like home because it's like, hey, this is this is, you know, my kind of thing. Like if I was going to live in any of these worlds, that's the world that I would live in. So that was long story short. That was kind of my path. And it's just stuck with me and been one of my favorites ever since. I was um, well, uh 15 when it came out so okay <laughs> <laughs> a little little older than you so yeah <laughs> but I I mean I had been a fan of Tim Burton and a fan of Danny Elfman you know I love I, I love soundtracks and oh yeah and I've enjoyed many of his and then in really maybe it's because I was a teenager you know I I, I and having a I, I don't know if I'd say I was in a dark place at the time or what but you know I, I just something about the film just sparked like I can identify with this. Like mm -hmm. it, it is speaking to me on a, on a profound level. And I don't know if I even still to this day have the right words to explain that, but I can remember first hearing the, the music, um, you know, the, the film, of course of just, uh, I don't usually do film reviews. So this, a lot of this is new for me, but, um, uh, just briefly, if you've never watched the film, it's, uh, it's a uh, stop motion, I think, or I don't think it's technically claymation, but, that kind of style um, and a uh, quick summary, uh, Jack Skellington, King of Halloween town discovers Christmas town, but his attempts to bring Christmas to his home causes confusion. And that's the uh, internet movie database summary, which I think pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much in a nutshell. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a shorter, shorter film, but it has fantastic music to it. I mean, Danny Elfman should have had an Oscar for this film. And that's my opinion. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> to the grave <laughs> okay oh uh, i agree i think it's one of the best soundtracks of all time yeah yeah uh just the opening song um this is halloween you know it's it's classic it, it and i i'm not a musician i can't explain all that's going on with the music but there is just something about it that it is dark and beautiful and just the, the driving beat of the song just i, I love it Oh, absolutely. And actually, so I'm a huge Marilyn Manson fan. Okay. Um, and his version of This Is Halloween is, is like one of my favorite all time. I mean, I love 
you know, the original that is in the movie as well, but you put on Marilyn Manson's cover of This is Halloween, and, like, that's, like, the official start of the Halloween <laughs> season for me every year. So, yeah, it's it's incredible. I think it just... I think even if people aren't necessarily into the movie, I don't know that I've ever met anyone who said they didn't like the soundtrack. The soundtrack has so many great songs in it. You know, This is Halloween, uh, Making Christmas is another one. And I, I've heard a, a podcast do uh, like an analysis of that song in particular, which, you know, isn't my favorite song from the film, but, you know, they were saying how that film or that song actually does the most interesting things with music and its structure and everything. And, and they had a whole explanation of why it was probably the greatest song in that film and all that. It, it, and I don't remember what podcast it was now, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> that it's, sounds interesting. I might have to try to find that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I could, I can find it. Um, if I think about it in a minute, uh, but, um, so for me, you know, it was the music especially, but the aesthetic was gorgeous. You know, I, I've always really loved drawing and creating and painting and all that. And so just the visual part of it all, that is very distinct Tim Burton style, even though he didn't direct it, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was uh, his influence all over it. And uh, that that just appealed to me as well on that. Oh, for sure. I think my one of my favorite aesthetic moments in the movie is when Jack first gets to the Christmas town and you see just like the super warm, the super warm Christmas lights that at least for me is like instant nostalgia. But then I love having that with kind of the contrast of having Jack Skellington in that scene because it takes, you know, that warm traditional Christmas feeling and gives it that edge with the way that Jack looks and everything and just seeing him explore it and try to figure out what what all of it is um that's always kind of like my favorite moment when the movie like really comes to life yeah yeah uh and then the the voice talent also kind of surprised me when I finally you know realized some of the voices behind it um, you know, like uh, Chris Sarandon plays Jack Skellington, and I'm only really was familiar with him from The Princess Bride. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, he played Prince Humperdinck, and <laughs> like, no way, that's Prince Humperdinck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, and I'm still not terribly familiar with the voices in the movie, but I do remember kind of you know reading about them and exploring who they were, and just kind of being amazed that. You know, they weren't necessarily like these, you know, A-list, you know, super well-known people, but it became such an iconic film that they, you know, that was obviously in large part due to them. So I always thought that was really cool. Nowadays, it seems like it's easy. Just we're going to cast an A-list celebrity as this voice and then people will come and see it. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's not maybe okay to to put a no name in there and just let the story <laughs> sell itself. Oh yeah. <laughs> in some ways I almost feel like it takes you out of the character sometimes when you like recognize the voice too much because mm -hmm. then you're like, well that's not so and so. That's, you know, insert a list actor name here. <laughs> right. Um so I kind of like movies where I don't really know who they are because then you can truly just immerse yourself in the character. Uh yeah, I I, I was thinking of 
uh, I don't know if you're a Mario Brothers fan at all, but they oh, just yeah. had a trailer. Yeah, I was just playing movie. Mario Kart this weekend. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that Mario Brothers trailer with Chris Pratt, you know, it's it's like, okay, it's it's Chris Pratt. You know, it's going to be a little distracting. So, but that's right. Fine. Yeah, Whatever. I'm intrigued <laughs> to see how that movie turns out. I'm definitely right. interested to see it for sure. Right. I mean. Uh, so, you know, we're getting off topic. It's fine. But uh, <laughs> Mario Brothers was another huge component to my life as a kid. Okay. And I survived the film that came out in the 90s. You know, uh, <laughs> I was so excited for this movie and it came out and I'm thinking, oh, this is so bad. <laughs> it's terrible. Well, fingers crossed that this one is <laughs> better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at this point, it's like, if it's bad, who cares? <laughs> <You know>? Sure. <laughs> but... <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it uh, that that film was a disappointment. But anyway, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, this one, some some great voices, great songs, great music. Now, do you have a favorite song from this film? I mean, I think this is Halloween will always kind of hold the top spot. But then, kind of going along with what I was saying about my favorite scene, I think what's this is probably. I think that's what I think that's the title of it. Mm-hmm. Um, is probably my second favorite song, if not tied for first, just because it's, you know, I feel like singing that song every Christmas season, just because it's like, you know, no matter how many times we put out the same decorations or do the same traditions, to me, there's always a part of it that feels like the first time every time, just because it's so exciting to me and feeds that need for the holiday season that I have. And so I just anytime I hear that song, I like relate to it. And I'm like, I feel like that every year. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's probably a, a top, top one or two for me. Yeah. There's a, a line in that song that I love that it's kind of dark though. It says that children or kids are throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I yeah. Uh, I remember I listened to the soundtrack just constantly and you know, like my sister or my mom would be like, oh, that's terrible. Why are you listening to that? That's... <laughs> so this was like my uh, music of rebellion, I guess, as a, as a teenager. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Kids were into the, the grunge thing or, you know, mm-hmm. scene when I was a teenager, but I was just jamming out to, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas. So <laughs> Hey, that works for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, do you have, uh, do you have a favorite part uh, in this film, a I know you just mentioned about when he first sees Christmas Town and and that. Yeah. Would you say that was it, or is there something different? Um, I mean that's probably probably the ultimate favorite. I mean I also love you know the 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 iconic like end scene to between Jack and Sally. I mean that's just such like a especially as like a you know middle school girl when I discovered the movie. I mean I think that was like the epitome of romance and then the blink 182 song of you know we can live like jack and sally if we want like Mm -hmm. um, that was all my kind of music and my just you know what i thought was like so romantic and cool but but then i also love just like the little humor moments that are in it like some of the stuff with the mayor like genuinely cracks me up like when he says the line like i'm only an elected official i can't make decisions by myself like <laughs> i feel like that rings very true in society a lot of the time <laughs> um yeah. sadly and so that like gives me a chuckle like every single time i hear it um but yeah it's probably like i said the rom the romance aspect between jack and sally but then that that christmas town scene is hard to beat for me 
there there was a long period of time between the um from when I first became aware of it and watched it till I watched it again. So I hadn't watched it as an adult until three or four years ago, I think it was. And, uh, and so then watching it from the adult perspective and then seeing it, hearing that line from the mayor, like you mentioned, I, I just died laughing. And oh, I know. My, my kids are like, what's so funny about that? <laughs> You'll understand. Well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. it's one of those things where I think when I watched it, when I was younger, that line didn't really hit me. But then now as an adult, I'm like, oh my God, that's like one of the, fun- <laughs> that's one of the funniest parts of the movie. But for kids, it goes right over their head probably. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I love that the relationship there too between Jack and Sally and how, you know, she's doing so much for him and he, he's not really paying attention. Uh, and, and then in the end he gets it. And I love the line in their, their final song where he, he, he calls her my dearest friend. If, you know, if you don't mind, um, and then goes on and I, I, I don't know why, but I just loved that little touch. You know, he could have just said, you know, my friend or whatever, but calling her my dearest friend, was just one of those little details that really make the movie for me. I agree. And I think it's because like in any love story, to me, there's always a difference between, you know, being the romantic side of things, but then, you know, what always kind of like, like hits deep, at least for me is when it's like, well, not only are we, you know, in love, but we're also best friends. And so I think for Mm -hmm. everyone, that's kind of the idealistic picture. So you see their story kind of evolve and it's, a very untraditional kind of romance story throughout the film. I mean, there are times where you could almost argue that he kind of treats her like crap or that yeah. he's, you know, not really picking up on signals or it's not like it's just this giant love story the whole time. And so then, like you said, when it gets to that, when it gets to the end and kind of has that like pivotal, like, oh, like he really does, <laughs> he really does, you know, have yeah. that good heart and recognize um you know, her and their relationship. And I agree. It's a very touching moment. And then uh, one of Sally's song, I think it's called Sally's Lament. You know, it's gorgeous, hauntingly be- beautiful. But then I've heard some covers done of it that are, are really just knock it out of the park. Uh, and I should have looked it up. I, I don't do much research. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. But, no, I tried to try to go off the top of my head. But uh, sure. I know there was a couple that I really enjoyed that just it was dark and heartbreaking and, and beautiful sounding. But yeah, that's that's another one of my favorite songs. Oh, yeah. Agreed. I'll have to check out. I'll have to look up some covers tomorrow. That'll yeah. be on my to-do list. <laughs> there you are. Um, yeah, yeah. It, and, you know, that tied in to, to my, uh, you know, especially as a teenager, you know, that, that haunting um, or, or tragic love story type mood you might get in as a teenager and everything, your emotions are just overboard. Oh, yeah. and it's like, oh, this is so tragic and beautiful. Oh, you know? for sure. Absolutely. So relatable. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> as cringy as it may be to look back on as an adult, but yes, yeah. as a teenager, especially you feel everything so deeply. So right. I know this film was always like, yes, this is this is how I feel. I relate to this. I told yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it's it's like, well, I know that, you know, The Godfather is supposed to be this great film, but have you seen Nightmare Before Christmas? I mean, <laughs> right. it's deep, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you could end up, I, I could have argued that, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what what about the, uh, I guess the, an, it's hard to say if there's an antagonist in this film, but uh, I know the Oogie Boogie Man is mm-hmm. kind of right up there. He, he captures Santa, torments him. Uh, what do you, what do you, What's your thoughts about him as a as a bad guy? 
I mean, I think I think it actually accomplishes to or or manages to be, you know, fairly creepy, but still like in a way that is, you know, obviously kind of kid friendly. Although I don't know, like if I had truly watched this movie as a kid, I feel like that might have actually kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'll never really know because I never saw it, you know, as a small child. But um, it's kind of that whole like, well, you know, Santa is like the epitome of, you know, what we think of as, you know, innocent and good and good hearted. And so seeing that kind of dynamic and whatever it it does always kind of hit me and like oh wow that this is like this is actually like kind of disturbing if you think about it so um but but I think there are also still elements um of Oogie Boogie that are kind of likable and I mean don't get me wrong I have you know a couple of little figurines and um but I do think that it adds a necessary um but truly kind of you know borderline disturbing element to the film which just makes it that much more dynamic i i can remember thinking um when i was younger you know that i I was a little disappointed that we didn't spend more time with him you know and get to know maybe uh, see him going uh or who he was and what he's doing and all that and you know what's his motivation if you want to get technical and all that but you know now looking at it i I think he's just a guy who likes to cause trouble and (laughs) and he's gonna revel in it (laughs) yeah yeah you could almost they could almost make like a like a sequel or something that's just based on his storyline and like I I have my degree is in criminology and so like it'd be kind of interesting to do like a criminological theory breakdown on like you said you know what his motivations are what made him the way that he is but yeah you could almost do like a whole separate kind of like spin-off based around you know his crimes and misdeeds. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that now I got to ask, what, what would you think if they made a sequel to the film? Would, would that be something you, you'd want? Or are, are you saying one's one and done? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I always, my first reaction is always like, oh, of course, make a sequel. Like, I want more. But I mean, I also see the side of like, you know, when something is as good as it was, like, why are we always trying to reinvent the wheel? Like, why are we always trying to one up it? And I think like kind of Hocus Pocus 2 is a good example of that. Like, I love Hocus Pocus. I was excited for the sequel. And I think the sequel is decent. Um, But I think you kind of have to go into sequels with the mindset of like, okay, I'm not, you can't just compare it to the original. Because if you try to compare any sequel to the original, the sequel is pretty much always going to fail. So I think that depending on the route that they were going to take a sequel, I would definitely want to see it. I would definitely give it a chance. And I think I would try to still look at it with that independent mindset of, okay, this is not going to be a comparison. But at least now we get to see all those characters come to life again. But I do have a hard time believing that they could match, you know, the soundtrack and maybe even the, the aesthetics. I don't know that I'd want to see the aesthetics with the technology that they have now, because I think a part of why we all like it and are so nostalgic about it is because it was, you know, the 1992 or three technology yeah um so i'm like i don't want to see it in like hd like all of your crazy stuff that you have now so i don't know i'd be i'd be torn that's a hard one but i don't know that i've ever heard any talk of them making another one so maybe it's Mm. just best left 
you know, yep. where it yeah. was in history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, you know, I hear rumors once in a while that they're talking about it or thinking about it. And usually the the internet yells at them until they stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Too so, funny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Disney is always, you know, looking to make their next buck, I'm sure. So oh, I'm sure. sure they've had many discussions about it. But yeah, I think it would cause all sorts of <laughs> feelings, most likely, but only time will tell, I guess. Nostalgia is such a strong con condition when you're watching a film, you, you know, that like this movie has so much nostalgia for me that if the if they made a sequel and it was, you know, script was better, the music was better and all that was better. I, I don't know if I would still find it better because, you know, nostalgia has flavored it. <laughs> oh, sure. I totally under. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, That's kind of how I feel about like the Santa Claus movies, like the mm. original Santa Claus with Tim Allen will always be number one. And you could argue, you know, oh, well, the graphics were better, more advanced in the subsequent movies. But to me, even if the storylines were better, which I don't really think that they are, but yeah. even if they were hypothetically, that's an example of a movie that, yeah, would always stay. I I can't can't ever move past the the first one in my level of loving it. For me, that's my that's my favorite Christmas film, the the Santa Claus. So I'm looking forward. They're doing a mini series on Disney Plus, I guess, and I'm looking forward to it, but. You know, it could be it could be a train wreck. And, sure. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm definitely intrigued by it and we'll definitely be watching it as well. But who knows? Right, right. And, you know, and I think going in expecting it to be a train wreck is probably going to temper my expectations. So. <laughs> sure. It's probably for the better. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and for me, I hear people all the time saying, oh, you're, you're ruining the original. And, you know, it doesn't ruin it for me. It's just, OK, that's fine. I just won't watch it, you know. <laughs> Right. No, I could not agree more. You know, if you haven't seen the movie, this movie yet, I mean, it's been out for, you know, I was going to say 20 years, but a lot longer than that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Coming up on 30, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, never mind that. Um, but it's, it's a great little film. Somehow manages to feel cozy walking between those two worlds. So definitely get out and see it. You know, if you were if you were to tell someone to see it, why, why would you tell them to watch this movie? I think if it was someone that I knew personally, I would say if you want to watch a holiday movie that kind of sums up me and my interests, um, definitely check it out. If it's someone that maybe doesn't know me and what I'm into, I would just say, you know, if you're looking for kind of a fresh take on the holiday season, even though, you know, it's almost 30 years old, but could still be a fresh take to some people. Um, it would be a great way to change up your your holiday selection of movies. And it I think it would instantly become one of many people's go to holiday films. Mm, yeah, it, it's, you know, for me, it's like, you know, watch it to appreciate the 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 artistry that went into the set design and everything, the music and what a great film to transition you from Halloween to Christmas. Even I, I usually watch it on or around Halloween, you know, that kind of helps me transition from the one season to the next one. And, and no, I don't forget about Thanksgiving anyone. I, I, <laughs> it's in there too, but. Yeah. I had, I had a friend say that to me recently because I was talking about how, you know, I have my, my last uh, Halloween episode coming out tomorrow. And then on November 1st, I'm releasing my first Christmas episode. And he was like, what Christmas already? And I was like, don't worry, I'm going to throw a Thanksgiving episode in there too. But I'm like, if I wait to start 
uh, Christmas until December, like I'm not going to have nearly enough time <laughs> to cover all that I want to cover. So yeah, Thanksgiving is always in there too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I always tell people, well, yeah, I celebrate Thanksgiving by listening to Christmas music. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll eat turkey while I rock out to my <laughs> to my Christmas songs. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, well, uh, I, I usually like to ask questions like, uh, you know, to find out a bit about you, about some of your favorite aspects of Christmas, uh, since we are um, officially a Christmas podcast. But I, I do have a couple Halloween connected questions I might throw at you, too. Do you have a favorite Halloween movie? Or have yeah. we just been talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas is definitely one of my go-tos this time of year. Um, as far as traditional horror movies go, I say I would say Scream is probably my number mm. one favorite. Um, I love the actors. I've always had a soft spot for Courtney Cox from because of Friends. Um, mm -hmm. I love David Arquette and the whole Arquette family. Of course, of course, Nev Campbell is amazing, and I kind of like how it's. It's a scary movie, but it also has so many elements of humor that I don't I don't walk away from it like not being able to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's like that perfect level of gore and horror. Um, as far as other animated movies go, besides Nightmare Before Christmas, I am a huge Coraline fan. And even though it's not really, you know, a Halloween movie per se, this is the time of year that I usually try to make the effort to watch it again. Um, I went through a huge phase in college where I watched it like multiple times a year um, and I still have all kinds of merchandise. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of all over the map. I also love, you know, Paranorman, Hocus Pocus, um, the Friday the 13th movies, the Halloween movies. I'm actually needing to watch Halloween ends, hopefully sometime here in the next few days. But there really isn't a lot with the Halloween movie world that I don't like. So I always mm. have a lot to, a lot to try to squeeze in this time of year. Yeah. Now, have, have you had a chance to see any of the like uh, horror films or, or scary movies that are set at Christmas time? I know there's quite a few. Yeah. So I saw one of the black Christmas remakes, like that was probably when I was in high school or something. Um, I've always had like a lot of mixed feelings about horror, like Christmas horror movies, because in some ways I'm like, get your terrible things away from my Christmas. <laughs> like, uh -huh. Uh -huh. I don't want to think about, um, you know, that kind of stuff associated with like a happy holiday. But then the horror movie lover side of me is like, okay, well, I can, I can dive into it a little bit, but they're certainly not like my go-to. Um, I was thinking about maybe trying to find one that I hadn't watched and potentially doing an episode about it this Christmas, but we'll see what I'm in the mood for. <laughs> sure. Now, didn't you do uh, a review on Krampus? Yes. Did you? Okay. That's what yes. I thought. Yeah. Yep. And that was actually the first time that I had watched that movie. Um, I knew I had known about it and, but I, and you know, I'd, I'd always seen like Krampus merchandise. I knew like the basic story. Um, but again, I was always kind of like, do I want to go dark with Christmas or whatever? But then I watched that movie and I actually really, really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, and I felt like it still kept enough of the, you know, lighthearted Christmas elements. And again, they included a fair amount of humor. So that is one that I would recommend and probably watch again around the holiday season see i have a list of my favorite christmas movies and then i have a list of 
my favorite untraditional Christmas movies. So, and those are be films I would watch not at Christmas time because of their darker nature. So, uh, like Krampus is a good one. Um, and then, uh, one I, I, I try to recommend and I got to thank Tis the podcast for making me aware of this, but it's the, uh, Anna and the apocalypse. Uh, and it's like a Christmas musical zombie apocalypse film. And, oh, interesting. <laughs> and I, I'm like, okay, you, you had me at zombie apocalypse, you know, sure. <laughs> and it's, a, it's a musical and, and what I like about it, it, you know, it's set at Christmas and it has some Christmas songs in it and some just typical musical type songs, but uh, it has a lot of heart to it and a really powerful message, but you know, it's not the kind of film I'd want to watch at Christmas time. So that, that I pull that out, you know, summertime uh, or something. Well, yeah. And I think that's, that can be a good purpose for, you know, what like Christmas in July is for right, <laughs> is Christmas right. in July can be reserved for all the like, you know, scarier Christmas stuff. Like that's when I watched Krampus and everything, but then I'll keep my cozy Christmas season the way, the way that it's always been for the most part. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, uh, your, your host of the cozy Christmas podcast has a dark side to him. So <laughs> love it. <laughs> I think the one thing I've learned about people as I've become, you know, a full fledged adult, I mean, I'm 31 now, um, is that even the most, you know, seemingly mainstream people that I've met in my life, nine times out of 10, they have a dark side. And that's part of why I love getting to know people because most people are not just who they seem on the surface. And I mean that absolutely in a good way. Um, mm -hmm. I love kind of exploring and getting to know people's, you know, deviant sides, uh, <laughs> shall we say, and kind of bringing those alternative elements out of people because I just think it adds such a dynamic layer to who we are as people and what we can appreciate and be interested in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, let's Let's transition a bit now to the the cozier stuff of Christmas. Um, you know, we'll, we'll uh, we're here getting ready to say goodbye to Halloween, and and you know, it's just good times ahead with uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas coming. So, a little bit about uh, you and Christmas. It's your favorite holiday. What are some of your favorite memories of Christmas, or, or and I guess partly also, why is it your favorite holiday? Yeah. So, I mean, I have basically nothing but positive memories growing up as a kid with Christmas. And I think that our experiences with Christmas as a kid kind of shape how we feel about it as an adult. Um, and for me, you know, it was always, you know, we would go over to my grandparents' house on Christmas Eve and, you know, Santa would come while everyone was at church. And that was always, you know, a fun time and lots of good food. And then Christmas Day, you know, getting even more presents from Santa coming um, to my house. And um, just I just have lots of memories of going and driving around and looking at Christmas lights with my parents and my sister and lots of baking. Um, I didn't necessarily come from like a huge baking family, but like Christmas was always the time of year when you know, we'd break out the stand mixer and have all the go-to cookie recipes. Um, you know, I always remember being so excited to help my parents decorate the house. I always loved like the school Christmas parties, um, just, you know, the clothes, the music, um, just kind of the general feeling and how, you know, for a brief moment in time, everyone is just kind of interested in and focused on the same things, wanting to accomplish the same goal of, you know, just having a good holiday season. 
Um, and it, you know, brings people together in a way that they usually may not be together the rest of the year. Um, so I think it was just all of those formative, just really good experiences that then now as an adult, um, like I said, I have a job that I deal with a lot of, you know, stressful and disturbing content. So going, going home to Christmas, as I say, is always kind of that like reassuring hug from the universe mm. uh, of, you know, even with all of the evil in the world, like there is still, you know, the the happiness and positivity associated with Christmas. Yeah, well said. You know, that's one of the things I love about Christmas is, you know, the, the Christmas lights and how, I mean, it's literally light pushing back darkness. I mean, <laughs> you, oh, you, yeah. if, if you're looking for a metaphor or what, I don't know, Absolutely. you can't get any clearer than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love when you, you know, see the house in the neighborhood that the rest of the year is pretty dark and you may yeah. not even know who lives there exactly. But if they go to the effort to so much as just put up, you know, a strand or two of lights, it takes kind of that image and just completely shatters it and is like, okay, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a, there's a decent person living in there. Someone who, you know, can embrace the season, but yeah, it just, it literally lights up the world in a way that, uh, that nothing else can or does to me. So yeah, it definitely, it's always like my, my end of the year kind of reward for making it through. I, I hate summer. <laughs> and so <laughs> me to too. me, like, yeah. I'm like, if I can just make it through summer, I have all my favorite holidays and I know it'll be okay again. And I know it'll all come around next year. So you just got to hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And uh, there, there's a lot of reasons I, I don't care for summer, but um, you know, especially heat and humidity, it, it's just. <laughs> oh yeah. I, yeah, not, yeah. I don't like the longer, I'm like one of those weirdos that like doesn't mind it when it gets dark at four 30. Like right. I like just kind of that, coziness that you know in the dark getting under a blanket being a little chilly outside um mm -hmm. i lived in in uh california for a few years and it drove me nuts like how warm it was all the time i'm like i can't deal with this like i want to wear my sweaters so bad but i'm like sweating yeah <laughs> so yeah it was I was not a huge fan <laughs> yeah I, I don't think i could handle the warm weather you know i yeah got uh, I know I've got plenty of listeners that live south and in in the warm weather and warm climate and on the whole other side of the world where it's hot at Christmas and but I, I just can't I just can't deal with that. <laughs> nope, it never truly felt like Christmas to me. And I mean, thankfully, I would still always come back to the Midwest for the actual, you know, day of Christmas to be with mm -hmm. family and everything. But I just remember going to look at so many holiday light displays. Like I had to get like Christmas T-shirts because <laughs> it was too hot to wear the rest of my Christmas clothes. So I see the perks of not having to like shovel snow and whatever. But I was still like, I need my I need my cold Christmas for sure. Well, you know, I've, I've got kids now who can do the shoveling for me. So it, it's, <laughs> that <laughs> it's, works. Yeah. You know, I'll be inside boys if you need me and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be drinking my hot cocoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. Uh, now did, can you remember uh, a, a Christmas gift that you were given that was maybe something that really meant a lot to you? Yeah. I mean, I think Probably if I had to go back to it, it would be when I got my cat for Christmas, just mm -hmm. because I mean, what's better than getting like a live um, animal, but I mean, I just always 
just kind of in general, I always just felt pretty fortunate because, you know, I came from a good home where, you know, fortunately my parents could afford to get me gifts. And I know that's not always the case for everyone. So even I was never, I wasn't always necessarily the kid that like wanted, you know, the one big item. I was just always kind of happy to get, you know, a few different things that kind of spoke to whatever my interests were at the time. But um, I do just always remember feeling fortunate that I was one of those kids that, you know, could get presents because I know that there are <laughs> mm. lots of other kids around the world that don't. So I always kind of in the spirit of Christmas, just tried to keep a grateful heart for everything, even if it was, you know, a dress from an aunt or something when I was five that I wasn't necessarily too thrilled about because <laughs> I was not <laughs> necessarily a girly girl, but Right. Um, you know, just always trying to be thankful. But the one that obviously stuck with me the most was getting Jack just because, I mean, she was literally with me from the time I was in eighth grade until I was, you know, in my late 20s. So I felt like everything that I went through, I mean, she literally saw me grow, grew up, grow up and mm -hmm. um, all that stuff. So it's hard to beat, hard to beat a pet when it comes right. to a Christmas gift. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Pets really make the journey more fun at times. So, <laughs> oh, for sure. They can be a pain in certain ways, but yeah. especially cats, we had our love hate relationship. <laughs> she would, <laughs> she would, you know, stalk me across the house and uh -huh. come running and bite my ankle. And uh, she definitely thought that I was lower than her on the food chain. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I know that <laughs> she loved me and she yeah. would show it occasionally. But, you know, cats, cats show it in their own way. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We had some cats growing up that I, 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 I love cats, dogs, animals. I mean, I, I love them. And uh, we had to get rid of cats because my sister became very allergic to them. And uh, I, I know I've told the story a million times, so I'll probably cut this part out. But it's, <laughs> it's, you know, the doctor told me or told us that you got to get rid of your cats or your sister, you know, and <laughs> I said, okay, let me think about it. You're like, all right, sister, bye. Yeah, I was like, no offense, sis, but yeah. Yeah, that would that would not be fun. Thankfully, my sister was not allergic, so I never had to make that Sophie's choice. But... <laughs> right, right. But now my uh, my mother-in-law has a pretty bad cat allergy. And you know, oh, okay. so my, my wife said, you know, we can't get a cat because we want her to come and visit us. And, you know, sure. Like, do, do we? <laughs> yeah, we, we had a few relatives no. that literally could not come into our house the entire time that we had her. Yeah. Um, and so now that she's gone, she lived with my parents the whole time, even though mm. even once I became an adult, just because she had a lot of anxiety issues and whatnot. But sure. now they can come over and it's like, it is nice being able to come to your house, not having the cat anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a double-edged sword, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. You know, just a, a couple others. Um, do you have a favorite Christmas song? Yeah. So I think it's actually kind of funny because I'm, I'm not religious at all, but like, oh, oh, holy night, always like a good rendition of oh, holy night, like really speaks to me mm -hmm. on like a deep level. I've always loved like a dramatic rendition of that song. Um, more on the like lighthearted. I love, you know, rocking around the Christmas tree always makes me want to like get up out of my chair. Um, I've always been a pretty big fan of like Trans-Siberian Orchestra because um, it kind of, you know, incorporates a little bit of like sort of a rock and roll element uh, mm. with it. There aren't too many Christmas songs that I skip past. So I'm like, I know uh, 
Gwen Stefani had a Christmas album that came out a handful of years ago now, I think. And I was a huge fan of that one, even though I'm typically not a huge Gwen Stefani fan of her other music. But I was a big fan of that one. But yeah, a good a good dramatic rendition of Oh Holy Night really definitely speaks to my soul. Yeah, there's got to be something satisfying about being able to belt that song, you know, and hit those oh, high notes. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That takes like a next level of talent. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. There are some high notes in that one, but yeah. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Yeah. I think, it, I think I kind of agree with you. I think if I had to pick the Santa Claus is probably my favorite. Um, I have very vivid memories of watching it with my parents. And I remember my godparents would come over around that time of year and we would all watch it together and it would just be on TV all the time. Um, so I that one is probably my all-time favorite. But I'm also a huge fan of Elf, mm-hmm. which I know some people either love it or hate it. Um, I kind of grew up, I was a teenager when that movie came out. And I remember my band, my high school band director would show it to us like every year, kind of like after that downtime, after the Christmas concert had passed and we weren't quite working on spring music yet, she would just show us Elf. And so that that movie always takes me back to some fond, like teenage, young adulthood memories too. I've been hearing more and more about uh, people saying that that's their favorite in between Elf and Santa Claus and mm-hmm. those movies that came out, you know, when I was a teenager or young adult and it's kind of weird because I'm used to hearing, you know, like, oh, it's a wonderful life and Miracle on 34th Street. And (laughs) now I'm thinking, am I getting old? Is that what's happening here? (laughs) Like, oh, that classic movie, Elf. (laughs) And everyone's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The high school where my kids go to school, uh, they're doing Elf the Musical this year um, for their their winter, uh, well, Actually, it's their fall musical. The, the music director said, it, you know, we usually have it in November, but she said, I guess that's close enough to Christmas. No one will mind. And I'm like, are you kidding? That That's going to be great. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, wh- one more, uh, probably the most important of all, what kind of Christmas snacks do you like? Ooh, so I love making um, white chocolate almond bark from scratch. I mm. toast the almonds um, and then you just... You get some really high quality white chocolate, like pellets or whatever they call them, melt it down, toast your almonds, mix it all together, put it in the refrigerator until it gets hard. Um, My coworkers at work are already like banging down my door being like, when are you going to bring in the almond bark this year? I'm like, it's not Christmas yet, but hold on. So I love like that kind of stuff. Um, I'm... I'm really, really into baking all throughout the year, but during Christmas, it definitely ramps up. So I love, you know, all the Christmas cookies and making, you know, Christmas cupcakes or any other dessert I can think of. Um, I'm also a huge like sour candy fan, and I love how for Christmas time, Sour Patch Kids releases a pack that's all red and green Sour Patch Kids because those are my favorite flavors. <laughs> so I like I like stock up on the Christmas Sour Patch Kids and then I'm set for like the rest of the year. So yep. pretty much anything junk food related to Christmas, I'm totally in. I have simple tastes. I, li- I just like a good candy cane, you know? <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with a good candy cane. I also, <laughs> I also love one. So getting my toasted white chocolate mocha from Starbucks and... 
Yeah, mm. it's I have my whole list. Well, I, you know, um, pumpkin spice latte uh, in the fall. Yep. Some kind of a well, I tried peppermint mocha once and didn't care for it, but I, I like the peppermint in uh, flavor. So, like sure. tea or or candy cane or something. It's just that's simple and perfect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, Kristen, thank you so much for for coming on the show today, talking about a great movie, talking about Christmas, Halloween, all that. We are wishing all of you uh, to have a happy and safe Halloween and and uh, a great kickoff to the uh, Christmas season. Come November 1st, <laughs> you, uh, I guess you might disagree, but if you're listening to the podcast, you probably don't. So, <laughs> uh, so where uh, can folks find you and your podcast uh, online? Yeah, so I'm on pretty much any platform that I could possibly think of to put on the podcast. So, you know, Spotify, mm -hmm. Apple, Google, um, pretty much anywhere. Uh, my website is holidaysafterdark.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Holidays Podcast, also on Facebook at Holidays After Dark. Um, but yeah, I, I'm super grateful that you asked me to be on the show. I had such a blast and I'm definitely... Mm -hmm even more in the mood for the holiday season. Um, and yeah, happy, happy Halloween, everyone. All right. Well, thank you, Kristen. And, uh, and best of luck to you in the future. Thanks. You as well. I look forward to continuing listening to your show. Oh, thank you. Uh, yours too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And thanks, Kristen, again, for coming on the podcast. So with that, I'm going to go don my gay apparel and stand at the door hand and hand out candy and uh, fright, try to frighten away the ghosts and goblins who might be coming around. Um, so until Tuesday, November 1st, have a very happy Halloween and take care.